Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Hey, what's up, guys? How are you today? I pray all is well that this message stirs your faith and falls on good ground and produces good fruit in your lives. Today's message is called Jesus Increase. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. See, I know we left off yesterday, and I had you know a ton of scripture I wanted to get to yesterday, but we ran out of time. We actually ran over time, child. But God said... You gonna talk about it today? And I said, okay, all right, sir. You know, I serve, so whatever you say. Um, before we get started, let me say a quick prayer. Um, actually, you know what? I'm gonna hold the prayer off to the end. I'm gonna hold the prayer off to the end. Y'all just bear with me. We're gonna get into this message. Um, I want to talk about Jesus increase because I feel like what we have seen in the church globally as a conglomerate are a lot of people who increase themselves and decrease Jesus. I was having this conversation with several different people over the summertime. And this isn't the first time I had this conversation with people. It just, um, I'm just remembering this conversation since uh, we're talking about this topic. Um, and some of the things that I noticed with some of the people and some of these people were either people I hadn't seen in a while, people who um, I knew them, but they didn't know me. And so we were being introduced or connected in some way, shape, or form. And they were like, oh, hey, you should come You should come to my church or you should come to this church. And, oh, my pastor is so great. And, I mean, and they were just going on and on about how awesome their pastor is and what great things the pastor done did. And, and it was a lot of glory given to the pastor. And I was like, hmm. And and every time, um, one of the things that I've been saying to God, and I even said it to my spiritual mentor, I said, um, I feel like God has not released me in this season to call anybody my pastor. Especially because it relates to, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, where Paul talks about you should not be saying you're a follower of anybody but Jesus because none of us died on the cross for you. And so, and I remember God challenged me on this. Again, I don't I don't teach anything for my new listeners out there. I do not teach anything that God does not deal with me on first. And so I remember for years, I am a church kid. I've been born and raised in the church. For years, I used to be like, that's my past. And yeah, bishop. And I used to be all up in the hype, speaking all the church colloquialisms. And it wasn't until God separated me from religion and dealt with me personally to change what has been the status quo. And you cannot change something if you are not removed from it. What I mean by that is not that you are so removed where you don't know what's going on. What I mean is that, you know, you you were once a part of a system. And you saw how the system was broken. You saw the dysfunction junction. Remember I talked about that message earlier in the season? If you haven't heard that message, go check it out. I talked about the dysfunction junction. 
God allowed you to see the dysfunction junction of a system. But he says, everybody else is not seeing it or they're seeing it, but they're too lackadaisy on changing the problem. They're too comfortable. And so they're just like, well, whatever, you know, we just do make do what we got or they push it off that somebody else is going to change it. But you're the one that it really bothers the most. <laughs> and and as I ask God, and I'm sure some of you have probably been thinking the same thing, like, why does it bother me the most, though? I ain't even trying to be bothered. But God says because it bothers him and he is trying to stir it on the heart of somebody or somebody's that will be willing to take a stand to say, here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, use me for your good. Here I am, Lord, I am the solution to this problem. I'm tired of seeing the dysfunction. I'm tired of staying in this junction with everybody else. I am willing to be obedient, to let my own way, my own will, even my own plans that I initially wanted that may go against this plan be set down be decreased so that jesus you and your plan be increased lord how can i help how can i serve what can i change but you cannot change a system if you are stuck in the system you got to get out the system to see from a different perspective in order to be able to change it and so god had to remove me from religion in 2009 to be able to see the problems more clearly i saw the problems back then but just like everybody else i was like well you know I guess God okay with it or somebody else going to deal with it. And God said, no, I'm going to cause you to become so uncomfortable where you move out the nest and be willing to fly solo as an eagle to change the pro to change the system. But you can't change it if you still an eaglet in the nest. If you still a person that's a part of the congregation, a part of the business, a part of the organization, a part of the family, a part of the whatever, you cannot change the team if you are a part of the team and not seeing the problem. Or what we see with a lot of teams or a lot of con congregations or companies or political spheres is you see a lot of corruption. But there are people who are in the system, see the corruption and say nothing about it. Because they feel like, well, they are they either do not believe in their own power, the own, their own position of authority. Like I talked about before, early in the season of Esther, how she didn't believe in the position of authority that she had to make change for the Jews. Because she still saw herself in a lowly state and not as the queen. And so there are people who see themselves in a lowly position that feel like I'm just so-and-so. I can't change nothing. And God says, yes, you can if you power with me and, and let me empower you. If you are under my control of my authority and my power, you can do anything because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But if you keep sitting here not getting the strength from Jesus, then he cannot be increased so that the problems can be decreased. Hello, somebody. I'm talking to somebody because I'm too passionate about it. <laughs> Baby, this is your word. Receive it. Grab it. God is saying to today, stop running from the problem. You are the solution. Stop talking about the problem. Stop gossiping about the problem. You are the solution. It is time for you to put your head down. Focus. As I talked about before. Focus on what the Holy Spirit is saying to you and get strategy from him on how to go about changing the system. But you cannot see it clearly if you keep seeing it from your lowly perspective. That's why you got to get out the coop with the chickens and fly high with the eagles, baby. Okay, fly, baby, fly. Spread your wings. God says, I want to take you higher. I want to show you something different. 
I get that that's how mama and them did it before. I get that, that well, granddaddy and them, they've been doing this in my family for generations. And this been this way for this long. It's been this way in this company for hundreds of years. It's been this way in this church for so many amount of years and seasons. So we, you know, this is just how we do it. It's just tradition. Baby, God said the heck with your tradition. Okay. Matter of fact, I'm going to say how I feel it. God said to hell with your tradition. Amen, somebody. Come on. Let me get a little clap there. Hey, come on. Yes. Yes. God is saying today to hell with your traditions. I want to do something new. He says, Isaiah 43, verse 18. See, I do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? If you are not willing to get a different perspective, he cannot do something new in your life. New in your community, new in your church, new in your business, new in your family. You got to be willing to see it differently. But as long as you keep wanting to be in the chicken coop, complaining with the other chickens about the problems and not want to partner with the Jesus who's trying to increase you to be the solution, be the solver of the problems, then the problem never gets solved. And then God says, okay, now I got to skip this generation and try another generation in this family bloodline, in this company that's going to come up, in this church that's going to come up and change the status quo that's going to push back and rebel. Baby, if you've never heard it before, let me be the first to tell you, Jesus did not come to be a part of the status quo. He came to be a revolutionary. He was rebellious against the religious traditions at that time because they kept people in this box, in this standard that, that made it so hard for the Jews to just live, to just be. If you, you should be reading your Bible, but if you want to see this played out, go watch the TV show called The Chosen, which is the gospel's made into tea made into reality basically it's an amazing show but it really gives a more general perspective of what it was like to see to live by the law of moses and to into to be stuck in a system where every Every little thing you did wrong, not only was you being oppressed by the Romans, but then you were being scrutinized by the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin who were supposed to be the religious leaders to guide you. And yet they weren't even following their own rules, traditions and laws, but they were enforcing it on the people. We see that today, whether it be in a church, whether it be uh, the, the church, you know, conglomerate, whether it be. That means global, whether that be in a um, business sphere, in the political sphere, in the music entertainment industry, in um, the, the, the hospitals, wherever. We see this corrupt police fields. We see this corruption all the time. And yet everybody continues with the status quo. Nobody is willing to let Jesus be increased. And you may say, well, how do you let Jesus be increased? Easily by letting his light shine brighter, by taking on his charge to be rebellious, to push back against what has been. This does not mean be rebellious in terms of fighting and violence and all that stuff. It means that you are willing to stand flat footed in faith, adopting the kingdom principles and teachings he released in his in his word, even in his sermon on the mount and and um. Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, willing to adopt his teachings. We were meant to be disciples, to go out and make disciples. But before we were able to be disciples, we were ourselves discipled. And sometimes we were discipled in the wrong way. 
And Jesus says, okay, now can you decrease what has been taught to you and allow my kingdom teachings to be increased more? Can you really get into the word of God and study your Bible and spend time with the Holy Spirit and asking him to give you wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of the word? To help you become more like Jesus each and every day. Are you willing to take the stand? Who's willing to step up? I told you guys before about the vision God gave me. There's angels that are assigned to, to dish out purpose. To dish out kingdom agendas in the earth. But God is saying today, he's giving a clarion call. Hear ye, hear ye. Who's willing to stand up? Who was willing to take the, the, the to take the lead? Who was willing to receive their mantle and step into position of power that he has for you? But as long as you are willing to be decreased, excuse me, as long as you are willing to belittle yourself and not see yourself in the right light, see yourself as well. I'm just you know, I just I can't. I'm just little old me. Ain't nothing I can do about it. Then God says, baby. I can't use you. I cannot put my power into you. I'm trying to prepare a table for you, but it is going to be in the presence of your enemies. That means that you got to make some enemies to have some enemies that sit in a place at a table of honor that God made for you. Okay. How can he, how can you even have enemies if you're not doing anything rebellious? You just like them birds of a feather flock together. You are just like them. But there are some birds that fly a different way. There are some birds, a.k.a. eagles, that fly solo, boo. Are you willing to be the exception? Now, even if right now you're hearing this, understand my voice, and you're like, I don't think that's me, Andrea. I don't know. I can't do it. Baby, let me give you a disclaimer. If it hasn't snapped for you, here's your click. You ready? Catch it. Catch it. You are that eagle. Mm -hmm. Because I know who my ministry is drawn to. Yes, it's drawn to those who are broken, but it is to empower them to be revived anew in Christ Jesus. So that you will then go out and be agents of revival to be the, the next disciples to disciple others to Jesus. But you got to first be revived within. So God says, I have it for you. You are that eagle. I know you can't see yourself there right now because you are so focused on everything in the natural realm that you are missing the things of the spiritual realm. You see yourself as this lowly level. But God says there is a spiritual you that you have never met before. That is on a higher playing field, a higher plane. It is the you that God says he knew in Jeremiah ver uh, chapter 1 verse 5 before you were formed in your mother's womb. It's the you that he set apart to do something in the earth. It is the you that you got to tap into with the father to say, God, what is that version of me? Help me to become that person. But you are not going to become that person by listening to the people that's around you. That's why you got to decrease the noise around you. Because a lot of times you're going to hear people saying you can't do it because they can't do it. Mm. Hello, somebody. Did she just say that? She sure did. Okay. I can't tell you time again how many people said I couldn't do what I'm doing today. They even asked Jesus, upon whose authority were you given to do these miracles, to teach the gospels, to declare yourself the Messiah? And he asked them, well, upon whose authority was John the Baptist given to baptize people? And they couldn't answer. The reason why they couldn't answer was because they didn't have an answer. It's because they realized that standing in the front of truth, if we give the truth, then they're going to ask us, why didn't we believe? 
And so they said, well, we don't know. And Jesus said, well, since you don't know, then I won't tell you behind whose authority I am given to do the works I'm doing. Until you are ready to recognize the truth of who you are and whose you belong to, you can never step into the full power, the full manifestation of who you were created to be all along. You, that means you can never take hold of your kingdom assignment. You can't really be a kingdom ambassador if you are not willing to take on the full power mantle and the authority of the power that is above you, that is that is positioning you to step forward. As long as you cower in fear, God says, I cannot use you. You got to start seeing the enemy the right way. You got to start seeing your problems the right way. You got to start seeing the areas that irritate you. The, 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 the problems even in the community, the right way, they are not bigger than your God. Your God is bigger than the problems. But as long as you keep decreasing Jesus, then the problem becomes increased. It is time for you to tilt the scales the right way and increase Jesus and decrease your problems. Increase Jesus and decrease the way you see yourself. Because when you increase Jesus, it allows you, it empowers you, it emboldens and emblazons you to see yourself the right way. In the image that is of him. It says, and I told you guys our anchor scripture of Genesis 1 verse 26. He said, let us make man and women in our image. This is in the image of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This means that you are made in Christ's image. You have the, you are joint heir. You have the full authority of heaven backing you if you step into the power. But as long as you are afraid, you can never take hold of it. Something has to click for you. I taught you guys before with the click. Go listen to that episode if you missed it. Something clicked for me. And I'm now stepping into the full power and, uh, and of the anointing that God placed on my life. I'm no longer afraid to call myself a prophet anymore because I didn't call me that. He called me that. But I was afraid. Well, what do people say? Well, I don't have the paperwork to prove it. Well, I got to go to seminary school and I got to do this and I got to do that. And I got to get a bunch of people, a.k.a. men, backing me to say we give her the stamp of approval. And, and God worked on me with this thing. Through my own mentor who went to seminary school, who has her, her several degrees. Like I talked about before, she is a senior pastor. She is a reverend. She has all of that. And she, on top of God, was saying, you have your stamp of approval. God called you and I see the anointing on your life. Step into it. Stop being afraid. But as long as you cower in fear, then you look at the enemy. As I talked about in the vision yesterday, if you missed that episode, go listen to it power under control as long as you keep seeing the enemy much bigger than your god who's standing right next to you who's holding your hand who's even will step in front of you to protect you as long as you keep seeing the enemy bigger you will become devoured god does not want you to be devoured he wants you to realize that you are a part of his kingdom so he has a, a feast waiting for you to step into the full manifestation of it. But you can never enter into that golden room where the feast is laid out for you, where the table is presented for you, where there's a whole host of, of angels and 
and a whole team of people who went before you, a whole team of believers went before you, who are applauding and rooting you on, who are, who are waiting for you to step into that room and, and cheering you on. You will never see the 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 um inner parts, inner workings of that room if you keep seeing the problem bigger. If you keep seeing that it's just too far away, I'm just little old me. I just can't do that. God took the most imperfect people throughout his entire Bible until even today to use them for his glory. You got to see yourself the right way. And so go with me to Luke chapter 14. Starting at the 15th verse, as always, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And so it reads, hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied with this story, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there is still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of, the, of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. I'm going to stop right here. If it's not clear to you what Jesus is saying in this parable, he's saying that the kingdom of heaven is like a great feast that the king puts on a banquet of celebration. This, this is what it means when he says, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter to your master's kingdom. It means if you took what he put in you, the little bit of talent, go read the parable of the talents. If you take the little bit of talent, the little bit of spiritual gift that he put in you, allow him to break it. He is able to feed the multitude with it. But as long as you keep seeing it as it's just as five loaves and two fish. It's just this little bit of singing that I do at the church. It's just this little bit of, of counting skills that I have that I just do at this office space. It's just this little bit of um, extra mile I go for my for my um, my students at school. It's just this little extra care that I give as a nurse or a doctor at the hospital. It's just this little bit of oil. I don't. I mean, it's not that deep. It's not that big. And God says it's the very thing that you are discrediting that is the most crucial special and important to him he can feed five thousand plus women and children if you just give him that little this is what it means when you hear the story about the five loaves and the two fish the miracle isn't in the fact that they ate it's in the fact that he took what was little in their eyes and fed a multitude he made it bigger he enlarged their territory but you got to see it the right way. Let Jesus be increased and not the problems, not your little, not your even stinking thinking or even your construct of strategy. Let him be increased. And as you increase the father, the king, he will then increase capacity for you and keep increase revelation for you, increase strategy for you. 
increase wisdom, knowledge, understanding for you, increase power for you to step into what you need to step into. But you got to see it the right way. Don't don't keep making excuses any longer. Let this be a wake up call to stop making excuses. Step into the full authority and power that the king wants you to have. You have the capacity to become a king's ambassador. You would not be here under the sound of my voice if you didn't. You have the capacity to be an agent of revival. God wants you to be a disciple for him. That is what it means to be a king ambassador. These are all different wordings of the same thing. To be a disciple for Jesus. To be a servant of the most high God. To then go out and make other servants. To then go out and be the change needed in the earth. So that more people will draw closer to God. Because they will come closer to you. And say how did you change? How did you become empowered? How did you become emboldened? How did you get to that level? How? 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 How did things change in your family in your life in your situation in your circumstances how and you will be able to say god did it jesus did it the holy spirit gave me power and i just stepped forward but it was all the holy trinity that gets the glory not me i was the servant i was just like you thinking i couldn't do it but god gave me what i needed and i stepped into it it finally clicked for me and i stepped into it Go with me to my next scripture of John 3, starting at the 22nd verse. It reads, then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went into the Judean countryside. Jesus spent some time with them there, baptizing people. Actually, I want to pause. I'm sorry, y'all. I, I feel led to go. To my next scripture first. I'm going to come back to this one. Go with me actually to Matthew 6. Matthew 6 verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth. Where moths eat them and rust destroys them. And where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven. Where moths and rust cannot destroy. And thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is. There the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. I'm going to stop right here. You got to see yourself in the right light of Jesus Christ. This is what it means to have a Jesus increase. Not your problems. Not the issues. Not the dysfunction. Not the mountain. Let Jesus be increased. Even, not even the way you see yourself. Whether you see yourself in an arrogant light or you see yourself as a, as a lowly person who, who God can't do nothing with. God says you got to change your perspective. That is all the enemy barking in your ear, making the flesh scream louder than the Holy Spirit. Because God doesn't yell, he whispers. And so if you hear yelling, if you hear just a loud voice telling you, you can't do this, you can't do that, you're you're less than, you're so dirty, you're filthy, God can't use you, you're horrible, um, you dropped the ball, oh well, you made a mistake, you know, ain't going to happen for you. That's all the enemy. 
Because God is behind the enemy with that loud voice whispering, you can make it. Keep going. Just trust. Have faith. Believe in me. See yourself the way I see you. I made you fearfully and wonderfully made. I made you in my image. I created you delicately in your mother's womb. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. And I set you apart. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. I will cause everything to work together for your good. Because you are called according to my purpose. Sidebar, for those who don't know their word, I just quoted you a whole bunch of scriptures. These are all promises in God's word that he pours into us to say, keep going. Be empowered by my word. Let my word, let my image be increased than the lies of the enemy. You got to see it the right way. Let that stuff be decreased. Go with me now to John chapter 3. Starting at the 22nd verse. This is going back to the um, scripture I was reading before. Then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went to the Judean countryside. Jesus spent some time with them there baptizing people. At this time, John the Baptist was baptizing at Anion near Salem because there was plenty of water there and people kept coming to him for baptism. This was before John was thrown into prison. A debate broke out between John's disciples and a certain Jew over ceremonial cleansing. So John's disciples came to him and said, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identify as the Messiah, is also baptizing people. And everybody is going to him instead of coming to us. John replied, no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you. I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride and the bridegroom's friend who is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. He has come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are of the earth and we speak of earthly things, but he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. He testifies about what he has seen and heard, but how few believe what he tells them. Anyone who accepts his testimony can affirm that God is true, for he is sent by God. He speaks God's words, for God gives him the spirit without limit. The father loves his son and has put everything into his hands. And anyone who believes in God's son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. Let Jesus be increased in your life. Let Jesus be increased in the way you look at things. Let Jesus be increased in your calling and in, in, in your purpose. Let Jesus be increased and let your flesh, let your own will, let your own pride, let your ego, let your stinking thinking, let the noise of other people who are applauding you and cheering you on, trying to put you on the throne, let all of that be decreased. So that the king can be increased. And as the king is increased, you will become more and more empowered. You will receive more and more anointing. You will receive more and more authority to, to continue as the ambassador. Doing the assignment that he gave you. 
But as long as you sit on the throne, you are put into a position for the enemy to come and snatch you out. A.K.A. God's angry judgment. Because the enemy cannot do anything without God's approval. And so when God's angry judgment comes, he says, I, I unleash Satan on you. I, I unleash him to, to wreak havoc in your life. To get your attention. I got to discipline you. To get your attention. I'm, I'm hope that you receive this message. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God. I spoke what you gave me to speak. I am decreased. So that you may be increased. Father God may this word fall on good ground. And produce good fruit in the lives and hearts of your children. If there is anything that came up in the hearts and the minds of those that have ears. Let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying and help them to make the changes they need to make, Heavenly Father. Identify and recognize and understanding that there is no shame, guilt, and condemnation in Christ Jesus. But the Holy Spirit will convict them to make the necessary changes in their lives, God. We want to be kings, ambassadors. We want to do things that operate under your full power and authority, God. We want you to get the glory, God. But some of us don't know how. We don't even have the strategy. We don't even know what's the next step. It's not even illuminated the next step yet. But God, we know that if we come to you with our cares, our concerns, our weary hearts, our heavy burdens, our, our own cross to bear, we lay them at your feet. You will give us rest. And you will gently teach us on how to follow you. How to be your king's ambassadors. How to do what you call us to do in the earth, God. We want to see you glorified and not us. Lord, let us be the jesters in the courts, the king's court, God. Let us be the servants serving the king. What is your just due? Because it is more importantly about the applause of you. Because the feast really isn't about us, God. It is about us coming in to see the king sitting on his throne. And the hosts of those who came before us cheering us on for doing our part as we take our seat amongst the rest of the servants, the rest of the angels in heaven. We want to hear you say, God, well done, my good and faithful servant. And so God, help us to take the little you gave us to give it to you so that you may break it and spread it out to all who will be able to partake in it. Thank you, God, for nourishing us. Thank you, God, for restoring us. Thank you, God, for seeing something in us. And thank you, God, most high, for reviving us so that we may be agents of revival to go out and make other disciples for you, Jesus. Get the glory, honor, and praise. We keep none for ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Take care. God bless. Love you guys. And for those that feel encouraged to give into the Agents of Revival ministry, um, you can check the description on ways to give. You can find us on Venmo app and Cash app at Andrea from Rogers. Know that see you so will go into good fruit to produce more content, resources, products, and services in the lives of others. Take care. Bye now. And thank you for your seed.